Just a quick recap on, on the game the other night uh, in Logan, Utah. I, I thought our kids uh, played their hearts out uh, in, in the ball game. Another close loss uh, by our football team. I was especially proud of the way the defense played. Uh, rebounded uh, after the week against Toledo. Uh, thought they had a solid plan. Thought they executed their plan very well against a, a very good offense. Creating four turnovers was uh, was unbelievable. I, mean, I think we'd had four all year, maybe. Uh, then you know, just did did an excellent job. You know, played extremely well. Special teams to be able to get a block punt uh, was huge in the game. Uh, we've been a, you know doing a great job in special teams, trying to devise something each and every week to to get after the punter, and it finally came through in the in the last game. Um, and giving up the kickoff return, uh, you know, was obviously a downer in, in special teams. Uh, they killed us. Uh, offensively, tough night. Uh, you know, just kept saying on the sidelines, it's one of those nights it's going to be a tough night, just keep playing. But you can't turn the ball over three times in the second half, and you can't turn it over twice in the fourth quarter and, and expect to win. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free, breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. On the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three, it's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores, J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt, he's at the five, touchdown Colorado State! Another week, another loss, another winnable game that slips through their fingertips. Tough, tough weekend to be a Colorado State football fan. The Rams dropped to 1-4 and four after losing a very winnable game at Utah State. The, uh, the Aggies were 24-point favorites at one point going in, so definitely a respectable showing, but I think at some point, the fans are just tired of the woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know, leaving the stadium that night. I just was thinking to myself, man, like, how am I going to write this same story again? The, you know, the, the, the story where CSU played really well at times, did a lot of things well, had an opportunity even in the second half to win, but costly mistakes 
like penalties and turnovers in the second half really hurt them in the back and in the ends they they lose by double digits but just just real frustrating i think in so many different ways obviously exciting to see the defense force some turnovers really nice plays but Andre Neal and Keevan Bailey with the interceptions. Emmanuel Jones had a phenomenal game. He uh, first he was the first CSU defensive lineman to record 10 or more tackles in a game since Martavius Foster did it against Fresno State in 2015. So really, really good to see Emmanuel Jones. I'm not really sure where he's been. Like I'd been, you know, going into the season, we were all really excited for him because that's that's the Emmanuel Jones that we saw at the end of the 2018 season. That's the Emmanuel Jones that we all thought we would see this year. And he just kind of not, I don't know. He just kind of been invisible the first month of the season. And after the game, he kind of said as much, he was like, (laughs) you know, I've always had this in me. I don't really know why I hadn't done it yet, but so I, I I don't know what to make of it, man. He he has all the physical abilities in the world. He showed it Saturday night. It was it was really great to see. But yeah, man, another game that the Rams they could have won and arguably should have won. I mean, part of football is taking advantage of the other team's mistakes. And Utah State tried so hard to give this game to CSU. Jordan Love with some really uncharacteristic interceptions, throws that I I just don't think he would normally make. I don't know what the deal was. I don't know if he was trying to force it because of the weather, but, I mean, you saw what he could do. There were a, there were a couple of throws, especially on his deep balls, where it was just like, good God, man, that, that was a dime. He has an absolute cannon, definitely going to get some NFL looks, but... He, he made some really weird decisions with the ball throughout the night and, and CSU kudos to them for taking advantage defensively. You get a couple of strips, a couple of interceptions, and you also block a punt on special teams as Bobo mentioned in the audio. That was really exciting. Been a while since we'd seen that, but you also gave up a hundred yard kickoff return for a touchdown. So it's just one of those things where it's like you, they can't seem to play a complete game the week before against Toledo you throw up 700 yards of total offense but you can't make a tackle in the third quarter Kobach runs wild and you end up losing to a good a very talented Toledo team I've said it multiple times there they are a good offense but let's face it that's a game you should expect to win if you're CSU especially at home and then the following week you go to Utah State second straight year where you have a chance to upset a really good team, a, a team that can compete for a Mountain West Conference championship, and you just you kind of fumble it away, really. I mean, I don't want to blame Marvin Kinsey or scapegoat him. There were a lot of things the Rams did wrong in that game, but gosh, back-to-back fumbles in the fourth quarter, just really brutal timing, man, like, He's such an exciting athlete. He's he's such an exciting running back when he's in the open field. His ability to make cuts and make guys miss. I really like how patient he is if you watch him. He has good vision behind his lead blockers. He doesn't just run straight into the to the butts of the offensive linemen, which some running backs do, especially ones that can 
get off as fast as Kinsey can, but he's patient. He waits for it to develop, and then he uses his burst to get through. He runs hard. He tries to throw stiff arms. He tries to drop his shoulder. He doesn't, you know, look to avoid contact. But if you if you can't protect the football, they can't give it to you. I mean, it's it's too big of a gamble at this point. And Mike Bobo said as much in his press conference on Monday. You know, he's like, I have to if I preach ball security as much as I have, I have to value it. And Marvin's not going to be on the field as much as he has because he has to earn that trust back and. That's really just been symptomatic of Marvin Kinsey's entire collegiate career. I mean, he'll run for a 75-yard touchdown on, like, a great chip block. He'll, you know, make a great play on third down in the passing game. But he'll also get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty or fumble at an in a, just a really bad time. I mean, there's no good time to fumble, but in the fourth quarter especially, just brutal. I know he's been battling with an injury, and maybe that shoulder injury impacts his ability to just fully grip the football. Maybe that that's very possible. But the truth is, man, he's just, he's got to be more consistent. But the question I had, especially with Marvin being injured, where's Marcus McElroy? He's supposedly the starting running back coming into the season. And now he's not getting carries on third and fourth down when they're in the red zone. They're giving them to a true freshman. I mean, he's Marcus, they talked all this hype about him, about how they were really excited about what he brings to the offense. You know, the you have the the speed of Marvin Kinsey, and then you have Marcus McElroy, who's not as fast, but still runs well, runs hard between the tackles, and I just I don't I don't get why they're not using him. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, there, there are a lot of things that I just don't really quite understand about this offense right now, especially with Patrick O'Brien running the show. You saw, I mean, in the second half, it was raining so hard. Like, I, I don't think it was necessarily all his fault that the offense struggled in the passing game in the second half. I mean, it was a total storm out there, really brutal. But why, why are you not getting the tight ends involved? Why are you trying to continually force the ball outside? You don't have your number one wide receiver. Obviously, Dante Wright, you want to get the ball to him, but he doesn't have the size of Warren. You know, one-on-one matchups, if you have a good corner on him, you're not going to necessarily always be able to to get him the ball on the outside, and that's why you have to do creative things with sweeps, and you can send him deep and stuff because he's so fast he'll burn people, but just in some of those intermediate routes, he he's not going to be necessarily quite as effective as Warren is just because of Warren's size. I mean, that's why you have different receivers for different purposes. But without Warren, they're really able to lock in on Dante. You're able to lock in on Nate Craig Myers, those guys. You have a couple of elite tight ends. Get them involved. It'll open up the entire offense for O'Brien. I just, I don't understand it. Like, it kind of reminds me of 2015. I was having a conversation with Michael Rowley, good friend of mine, currently... Uh, grad student at University of Wyoming, graduated from CSU, used to work at the Collegian, but he, he brought it up. It reminded him of 2015 with Stephen Walker and Keevan Cartwright, a couple of good tight ends, and Bobo just really never used them. And it, it's been that same way since Colin Hill went down. I don't know if it's because they're just calling different plays, but with O'Brien, a guy who's definitely not as consistent in the passing game as Colin Hill, 
use your tight ends, open up the middle of the field. It's going to open up the run game. I just, I don't get it, man. It's been weird, weird, weird play calling, especially in the red zone. They just, they get so cute at times and they, they just make everything harder than it needs to be. It's been a, it's been one of those years though. And, uh, unfortunately I'm not sure it's going to get a whole lot better, really difficult schedule for the Rams for the rest of the year, other than New Mexico and UNLV. I don't really know if there's an obvious win on there. Hopefully you can (laughs) steal one or two, but going to be a long year. Going to talk about the commute to Logan and just the experience when we come back from the break. Kind of some funny stories. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I absolutely despise driving through the state of Wyoming. So more on that when we come back. It's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Breck recently collaborated with Colorado's own Talbot Cider Company to create an apple blonde ale that tastes like late summer in a glass. Brewed with 49% unprocessed apple cider from the fabled Palisade Grand Valley produce region, Colorado Core has the crisp tart taste of apples with a clean bone dry finish. Crafted to reduce gluten-free so you won't feel guilty for reaching for a round or two, this crowd pleaser will be popular at your barbecue, family functions, whatever you're doing. Check it out at your local liquor store or visit Breckenridge Brewery and taste their delicious new creation, Colorado Core. It was a really long weekend, guys. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It, it was a long, just brutal, frustrating weekend spent almost all of it in the car that's I mean that's fine I I I like road trips I like commuting for the games I'm blessed to be able to do so but gosh driving through the state of Wyoming is so frustrating for a state with so few people it's incredible how annoying it is to drive through that state first off heading out there Saturday morning left really early the morning of the game 5 30 kickoff figured I had plenty of a time might as well save a little bit of money on hotel, go out Saturday instead of Friday. Going through Wyoming, the fog is so brutal on I-80. I can't see more than five feet in front of me for like 150 miles. Apparently, it actually got so bad that they had to close the highway. Uh, I got through it, so that, that didn't impact me. Whatever, it's fine. Get to the Get to the open part of the road, but Wyoming... I drove like 300 miles through the state both days because you had to. I came back on Sunday morning, and I, I just like half of the half of the highway is under construction, but I somehow didn't see a single employee over the two days that I drove through it. Two different times of the day as well, so it's like, why? Where? Where are all the employees? We're we're slowing everything down, but nobody seems to be actually working on anything. The most frustrating part about Wyoming, though, are the freaking semi-truck drivers. Now, I try to be an open-minded person, but we should absolutely deport semi-truck drivers that try to pass other semi-truck drivers in the left lane. I got cut off by semi-driver no less than 200 times in two days. It'd be like me and two truck drivers. We'd be the only cars for like 25 miles. And we're going up a little bit of an incline through the hills. And suddenly, this guy has to pass this truck driver so that he can drive two miles an hour faster than the other one. 
and now we're all going 40 miles an hour instead of me just cruising in the left lane. So frustrating. Like, (laughs) Wyoming, there may be way less people than driving on I-25, but basically driving in Wyoming is like getting your cruise control set just long enough to get cut off by a truck driver and slow down by 40 miles an hour for like five minutes. Just so annoying. Wyoming, you're an ugly, ugly state. I know there are some pretty parts, but I didn't get to see any of it. And I'm bitter about how much time I spent in the car behind all those uh, frustrating truck drivers. So thank you for listening to me vent. Other than that, you know, Utah, very pretty state. Always enjoy the town of Logan. You got kind of some weird vibes there, but it was, it, it, I don't know, business trip, I guess. That's really the only way to put it. It downpoured the entire time. I'm not sure if on TV it looked as brutally miserable as it was there. I can't believe how impressive the Utah State fans were. Now, this is not me taking a shot at CSU fans or anything like that. This, this, I'm just talking about Utah State. I mean, it was cold. It was wet. And they were there. They were into the game the whole time. People didn't even really start leaving until the fourth quarter. And at that point, it got real nasty again in the third and fourth quarter. So really just <laughs> impressed by how they toughed it out. I mean, even at halftime, it's it's downpouring. It's 40 degrees. They could go to the concourse for a while and just get out of the rain. Students stayed still. They were into the halftime stuff. So always impressed by the Utah State fans. They were definitely into it. Uh, they were, it was a good atmosphere despite the rain. It was their homecoming. I'm sure the weather, you know, made the crowd a little bit smaller. It wasn't a sellout or anything like that, but good football venue. If you're, if you're ever looking for a conference opponent to travel to, I I would, I would recommend Utah State. It's kind of a, kind of a mountainous drive if you go through I-80 on Wyoming and then cut over but it's really pretty. I mean, the colors were amazing. The the leaves and all that. I always enjoy that. So if you're looking for a trip, definitely, definitely recommend Logan, Utah. Anyways, now that the Rams played Utah State on their homecoming, they will come back to Fort Collins to host their own homecoming game. CSU obviously playing San Diego State, 8 p.m. kickoff on ESPN2. They'll be wearing the new white helmets. Uh, I don't They're kind of cool, I guess. I don't, they're unique. We haven't seen them yet, but going to be a really tough game. Bobo talked about it today, and we'll obviously preview this game throughout the week, have plenty to talk about uh, as far as the schematic matchups go and all that, but going to be a tough game. San Diego State, probably the best defense in the Mountain West. Them or Wyoming, uh, they play really physical, force a lot of turnovers. They really create pressure against the quarterback and, and, kind of make their bread and butter on getting tackles behind the line of scrimmage. It's it's going to be a tough matchup for Patrick O'Brien. I think San Diego State's really going to try and pressure him because he hasn't proven that he can consistently make those throws like but just ah, I don't know, it's going to be it's going to be <laughs> I don't know. I just, I I think you would want to play somebody you can beat on homecoming and I'm just not sure that the Rams are going to be able to do that without Colin Hill. Warren Jackson's still questionable. Bobo mentioned that today. I kind of doubt he plays, but we'll see. They really need him. I mean, 
he's just he's he's Mr. Reliable. He's the go-to guy whenever you need somebody to pick up just a crucial 8 to 10 yards. He's almost always going to get open. He has sure hands, doesn't drop the ball a lot. Really competitive, great teammate. So they need to get Warren Jackson back. They're going to need him in the offense. But we'll talk about this San Diego State game plenty in the next couple of days. Going to have a variety of features coming out, previewing it. Going to get some players' perspective, coaches' perspective, all that stuff. Also going to have some basketball content. The Rams do have an open scrimmage this Saturday. So if you are coming to the football game, Maybe check out the basketball game, too. That's going to be from 3 to 5 at Moby. So, you know, come over, check out a little hoops, see this young team in action. As I've talked about, I'm really excited for this group. I think they have potential to be pretty good, and I think by the time conference play rolls around, they're going to surprise a lot of people. And I'd recommend it. Go check it out before the football game. You can go see some hoops, then go tailgate, then watch a little bit of homecoming football going to be a lot better weather than the CSU Utah State game was. I know it's a late kickoff. I know fans are tired of those, but hey, it's homecoming. Got to got to represent your university. Got to be proud to be even in the tough times. I know everyone is is frustrated. You're even seeing some parents of players tweeting out about it and hey, I can't blame them. It's it's been a tough tough season and it, it may get tougher from here. So, yeah. Keep up with DNVR Rams for all your CSU-related content. We're going to have basketball, football, anything you can need, CSU volleyball. In the top 20, again, they're just wrecking it. I don't think there's going to be anyone in the Mountain West that can slow them down. Uh, Hopefully, they're able to make some noise in the NCAA tournament this year. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to our Monday podcast. We'll be back on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Obviously, going to have content on game day as well big game against san diego state uh yeah that's about it Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. The water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like Nami.